Welcome to Mental Makeover Radio, your go-to destination for meaningful conversations about mental health. I'm your host and your trusted therapist bestie, Cecilia Manella. Join us as we explore the complexities and messiness of human experience by addressing your questions and concerns. I'm here to provide a straightforward and practical therapy advice. So grab your favorite beverage, whether it's tea, coffee, or whatever tickles your taste buds, and get ready to embark on a mental makeover. Hello and welcome to Mental Makeover Radio. I'm your host, Cecilia Manella, and I am so glad that you're here today tuning in and having a conversation. I want to talk today about something really specific about human behavior. And this is the story that we tell ourselves. And bear with me as I dive into this topic. You know, I want to ask you, what is the story that you're telling yourself? And here's why I ask this question. We often walk around in our life and we're totally out of touch with what's happening in our minds. Now that makes a lot of sense because the the mind is a very busy place. Now there's a difference between the brain and the mind. The brain you can imagine is the actual physical piece of our brain, you know, the goopy stuff and the weird, the weird, you know, kind of ripply look of our brain that sits in our skull. That is our actual brain. But when we talk about the mind, we're talking about all the functioning that happens. And most of the time we're talking about you know, the thoughts we have, the feelings we have and, and how it's constructed, you know, how, you know, neurons are connected. These are, we're talking about the, how the mind functions. How tuned in are you to what's happening in your mind? And if you're like the average human on this planet, not very much, you know, we don't have a lot of time to tune into that anymore. We do not have that ability to get into the quietness to the um, sometimes of the boredom of getting into it. We're like inundated with productivity and efficiency and all the things that we need to do, right? We're like the busiest we've ever been in human history. Now there's a lot of reasons for that, but the advent of technology alone allows us to be awake all the time, to be productive all the time. And we could work 24-7 if we really wanted to. Now, we're not really created to do that. We have, this is what the current context of the world we live in, but it's actually not how we're meant to be. If you, you know, study any kind of um, anthropology or sociology, you'll see that for 99.999% of human history, we've existed in times of busyness and in times of rest. There's been an ebb and flow into things. And when I think about my grandparents and they were farmers, I think about how hardworking they were during, you know, farming season and how they were able to rest during wintertime or colder times. And I would never in a million years label my grandparents as lazy, probably the hardest working people I've ever known in my life. And yet they had this ebb and flow and, and, and time for downtime, time for reflection. Not that I think they've reflected a lot, but. There was time for it. Our minds are very busy place and we're constantly being stimulated. Okay. Where there's constant information coming in, a little bit overloaded sometimes with all the information, hard to compartmentalize. And there's this really cool thing that our, that our mind does is that it creates a lot of stories. Now we are storytellers. Humans are storytellers. We, what we do is we connect the dots between experiences 
we create a lot of assumptions and we just create this beautiful story. Sometimes it's a nightmare, the story we create, and sometimes it's really helpful to us. And sometimes it's actually not helpful to us. So the, the mind is constantly trying to create dots, connect the dots and create a narrative or a story that makes sense. These stories that our mind creates are probably the most powerful influence in your life. And I would argue that nothing really tops that influence. These stories are the most influential part of your mind, how you see the world, how you see yourself in that world is rooted in these stories. And I find it so fascinating that we actually don't learn about how the mind does this. We don't often investigate it. And we rarely will do an audit of the stories. Now, the most beautiful thing about this is that humans are storytellers. I mean, we have been telling stories since the beginning of time. And we continue to be storytellers. And we love hearing stories and we love telling stories. This is, you know, this is what books are about and movies and social media and performances and music, poetry. It's all about telling stories. Anything that's creative, art, everything's about telling a story. We love stories. We communicate to each other through stories. And we have a relationship with ourselves through the stories that we tell ourselves. We're just not always aware that we're storytellers, storytellers and story makers. You know, our brain is constructed in this way. It's meant to do this. It's meant to make meaning of our experiences through a story. You know, that's just kind of the simplest and the most complex way of explaining it is that we are meaning making creatures. You know, what makes us different than, you know, what makes me different than my lovely dog Athena, who's lovely and sweet, is that my mind is busy trying to make meaning of my experiences. Is this experience good? Is this experience bad? Do I want more of this? Do I want less of it? Does it cause me pain and suffering or does it cause me pleasure? You know, we're constantly in this meaning-making process. All the experiences we have is about meaning-making. We are telling stories of regret or self-worth, love, rejection, acceptance, belonging, safety, connection, and the list goes on and on and on. We're creating all these stories. So I want to know what stories you're telling yourself. I want to know whether you've ever done an audit of the stories that you tell yourself and whether you believe those stories to be true. So what's really interesting about the mind is that it doesn't take a hundred percent of the of the data and create a story. What happens is we typically, you know, pick some pieces. We cherry pick, let's say some experiences to fit an assumption or to fit a belief about ourselves. Okay. So the, if you had a graph, you would see all these axes all over the graph over time of experiences. And we pull those out and create a story that maybe serves a self-concept that we have about ourselves. So if I believe that um, I'm dumb, I'm stupid, I'm not a good student, it's a belief about myself. And I can go through the history of my life and I can tell you story after story of experiences that support that belief. You know, getting a bad grade, getting um, really negative feedback on a paper, 
um, being told that I just couldn't get it or my English wasn't good enough because I was an ESL student a short period of my time because I spent half of my childhood in South America speaking Spanish. So there's all these stories that I can construct that reinforce this belief that I'm not a good student. And the more often that I tell the story over and over again, the story becomes really powerful and strong and gains a lot of credibility. And what happens is, is if I'm not looking into the story that I'm telling myself that reinforces this idea that I'm not a good student, that I'm dumb, I'm not smart, is that I'm missing all the other experiences that actually would challenge that. The experiences of getting a good grade, getting the experiences of having a teacher who is really supportive and helpful being able to complete all of my post-secondary education. You know, there's all these other experiences that would be a counter story to the story that you tell yourself. Now, there's the dominant story and then there's a a counter story. Okay, the dominant story is the one we tell ourselves all the time. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty. I'm not attractive. I'm not smart. I'm not capable. I can't do that. Um, I'm always scared. Um, I have anxiety, all these things that we say, we, we have these like kind of one-off statements and then they're reinforced by the story we tell ourselves because there's, there's going to be a reinforced story for everything that you say that you believe about yourself. Now that's the dominant story. That's the one we talk about all the time. It's the one that we share with everyone and we, and we, we share with other people because we want them to reinforce that story about us. We want them to say, Oh yes. Or we want them to say, Oh no. Now, what we don't do is we don't really spend a lot of time thinking about the counter story. So the other pieces, the other experiences that don't fit into that story. So if I believe I'm not attractive enough, I can go through the history of my life and pull up these experiences that reinforce rejection, that reinforce that not belonging or breakup stories or someone calling me fat or whatever it is, I will, I will pick all these experiences and connect the dots of all these experiences and create the story of I'm not attractive. Now I could do the same process and really focus on creating the counter story, the counter narrative. And that is all the other experiences that don't fit into the, I'm not attractive. It would be getting complimented. Someone telling me that I'm attractive relationships that where someone has told me that they find me attractive. Um, where days where I actually feel like I'm attractive. So there's, there's counter experiences that challenge the story. Now, why is this really important? Well, because in therapy, what we often do is we work within these two different things. We work on the story that you tell yourself and we work on the counter story. And we're always looking for the counter story, not in a way to, you know, just make it positive or shift your thinking, but it's more of a realization that our lived experiences are actually varied. They're never one dimensional, right? So we, we focus on building a counter narrative, a counter story, because that's actually how life is. It is, it is not, you know, just this one experience. We have so many experiences that are so complex and so nuanced that we the, the counter story is there. The other version of the story is already there. It's just a story that hasn't been told yet. It's a story that hasn't been written yet. It's a story that maybe doesn't have words yet. It's going to feel awkward and it's going to feel weird and it's going to feel really uncomfortable at times. 
But this is a story that probably needs to be told. Because the thing to remember is most of our dominant stories that are not helpful to us, so that don't help us grow, that keep us in really limiting mindsets or keep us small. So stories of belonging or not belonging or rejection or lack of self-worth or of not being good enough. Those stories, most of the time, 99% of the time, have been planted by somebody else in your childhood. These are not stories you created. Trust me. If you think about your story of not good enough or of something not enough or of rejection or not feeling safe or not being smart, anything like that, any story that you have or any belief you have about how you are don't measure up in some way, the seed that was planted for that story, the person who originally wrote that story is not you. That story was given to you by somebody else, possibly a parent or a family member or a teacher or an older sibling or a cousin or the experience of abuse or neglect or, you know, perfectionism from our parents or high expectations, whatever it is, I'm going to guarantee this is that that the origin of that story did not come from you. It was gifted to you by somebody else. And then what happens is we continually build on that story. We have more experiences. We have, we, we, we cherry pick those experiences that reinforce that story. It's like, my mom told me I was not good enough. And this other person told me I wasn't good enough. So I'm going to add that to the story. And then my boss was really critical. So I'm going to add that to that story. And I had a really hard time in my math class. I'm going to add that to the story. So what happens is, is that the seed is planted potentially by somebody else. And then we spend our lifetime reinforcing that story through experiences and neglecting to give a story to the counter experiences, experiences that challenge that belief, that challenge the seeds that were planted in our childhood. And that is the counter story. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to ask yourself, what is the story that I'm telling myself about myself, about my value, about my worth, about my abilities, about my capacity, about what's actually possible in my life? What is the story I'm telling myself about my worth? Where does that story come from? Ask yourself, where does the story come from? Who gave me the story? Who planted the seed of the story to begin with? And what have I done to reinforce that, to build that story in that narrative? And what is the counter story? What are the experiences that challenge that? Now, building a counter story is actually really hard. It's really difficult because it's uncomfortable. Because you have to let go of the other dominant story just a little bit to make space for a new story. And, you know, we're creatures of habits. We just like don't like to do that. This is what personal growth is about. This is personal development. This is how you change your life. It's not meant to be easy. It's not meant to be easy. It's meant to come with a little bit of work, digging in a little bit and letting go of feeling shameful or guilty or just bad about yourself for having this dominant story that has potentially limited your life and gifting yourself with a little bit of grace a little bit of love to say, okay, well, let, let me let me put a little energy into the counter story to connecting the dots of experiences that don't fit into the dominant story of not being good enough. 
or not being worthy or not being smart enough or not being pretty enough or attractive enough or anything enough? What if there's other experiences that actually tell me something different? You are going to be surprised by what stories come to mind, what experiences come to mind, what memories come up for you that have been there the entire time. They just have never been fit into a story that makes meaning, that about makes sense. And two things can be true at once, okay? So we want to really move into two things can be true at once. I can love my partner and be mad at them. Like those two things are true, okay? You can have a, a, a dominant story that you've carried for a very long time. And you can also be building a counter story. So you can have the story of not good enough, having low self-worth, not being loved, being rejected, being unlovable. And at the same time, you can be working on a story, a counter story that you are lovable and that you do have value. And these two things can exist at once. It's not one or the other. I mean, ideally, we get to a place where we can move away from the harming story and meaning that we've created our experiences and move into rooting ourselves into the new version of that story. That's what we want. But the first step is to be comfortable with the fact these two things exist at the same time. And we all have like so many experiences that either feed one or the other. And that's okay. Not everything in our life is positive and not everything in our life is negative. It is a mix of, you know, let's say positive and negative experiences. We all have hardship and we have joy. You know, we all have love and we have rejection. We all have these stories. And it doesn't do you any favors to be focusing only on the stories that bring you down, the meaning that brings you down. You need to step into this space of not knowing to build a counter story, something different, a different story. But it's based on experiences you've already had. You're not making shit up. You're not making these experiences up. You're literally going through your life, through your history, through through your mind of memories, pulling up things and experiences that challenge, that maybe don't fit into the not good enough story, that don't fit into the rejection story because there's space for both. You know, we think we're so limited. We think we only have the capacity to do one thing, that we have to act us one way. But the truth is, is, is that we have the capacity for so much more than we give ourselves credit for. We have so much capacity for love. We have so much capacity for complexity in our lives and how we see ourselves and how we make meaning of things and how we choose to show up. We have so much capacity and yet we're constantly limiting ourselves by thinking it's only one way and it's not. So what is the story you tell yourself? about yourself, about any specific situation? And what is the counter story? What's the alternate story where you have experiences and connect the dots in a new story and start writing that story, start giving words to that story, start speaking it, start start mapping it out, start sharing that a little bit. And if this is hard for you, then you know you can do this in therapy. You can do this with a friend. You can do this with a coach. You can do this in so many different ways. And you know you can journal about this is that you can move into the space of a counter story. Now, there's so much positive energy in that. And I don't mean positive as in 
you know, just flip it and it looks better. You know, we often are, you know, just think positive and that's really kind of toxic positivity. What I'm talking about is creating a positively influencing story. And that can come out of hardship sometimes. You know, some of the greatest gifts that we get about who we are, about our character, about our values, about our legacy doesn't come in times of ease. It comes in times of challenge and hardship and suffering and pain. That's when we know who we really are. That's how we know how we show up. It's not when times are easy. It's, it's easy to be a good person when life is easy. It's really hard to live into our values when we're being challenged by, by pain, by suffering, by sorrow, by loss. It's a lot easier to show up as the person you want to be when things are great. So we can dive into some of the hardship and find that story and create that story that reinforces who we are in a way that is positive and is growing and opens yourself up to just the possibility and the capacity that you have as this like wonderful, amazingly unique human on this planet. You have so much capacity and I want you to tap into that capacity today. You deserve this. You deserve to write all the counter stories. I challenge you to really think about what is a story that you typically tell yourself and what is a potential counter story where you have experiences that you can create some meaning out of. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And have found some value in this in this conversation and in the writing of a counter story. Um, if you have a question for the podcast and you want to be featured, there's a link in the show notes and you can submit your question. I would love to answer any of your questions about life, love, you know, career, happiness, business, whatever it is that you, what's kind of burning question on your mind. I would love to d- dive into that and share maybe some of my perspectives with you. If you think this episode would be helpful to anyone in your life, a friend, a colleague, a partner, please feel free to share that with anyone. Um, I really appreciate the sharing of the podcast with people in your life and in your circle. Thanks again for being part of the Mental Makeover community. Until next time, be bold, be brave, be well.